0: Hello, and welcome to the Sioux Nation Podcast. I'm your Sioux Nation Ag Center staff host, Jill Funky. Joining me today is Sioux Nation's very own Dr. Mick Harding to talk to us about spring vaccines. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Mick.
1: Well, it's a pleasure to be here.
0: So after the challenges that we face during winter, we always look forward to kinder weather, you know, spring. But yet, with calving, lambing, kidding, as well as getting our equipment ready for planting, this season can be really busy. And so that's why we invited you to join us so that we can get our vaccine program ready before we're too busy to plan for it. So let's review the vaccines that we should be planning to use on our herd this spring. So could we start with pre-breeding? What should you give? And when should we give those vaccines?
1: The timing is probably the most important issue We would recommend any more probably 45 days before bull turnout. That's with our modified live vaccines. Every vaccine company has their own lines. I'm not going to sit here and pick and choose which one is the best, the worst. Uh, They're probably all very similar. We probably carry all of them. The key there is the timing. Most of them are going to be a modified live type product and it's it's really the IBR portion that we need to keep away from the cycling because we can't inhibit. Or I shouldn't say inhibit probably could affect the cycle activity. So again, the timing is the most important part.
0: So then, you know, once we have those calves, what about calf vaccinations? Can you maybe run down what we should be planning for and when to do those? That could be kind of a list, I understand.
1: Yeah, everyone is going to be a little different on that. Based on herd size, how far away from home are we going? Just kind of a rule that I've had with people is the further away from home, those calves, cows, pairs are going, I would probably be more aggressive with my vaccine program as maybe an insurance policy, that we're not going to be seeing those every day. A minimum requirement, I don't care if they're in your backyard, is I want a seven-way vaccine. Minimum. That's sure that most people would recognize that as a black leg slash overeating shot. That's at a minimum. As we get further away from home, or some people say, I want to do it all, then we start talking about our respiratory vaccines, which most of us recognize them as, quote, a five-way and or an intranasal and or an intranasal three-way with it. And along with the five-way can come in combination with the Mannheimia slash Pasteurella vaccines. And those are all, each one of them is kind of additive. And it's, it's a matter of what risk are you willing to withstand and how closely do you watch those cattle and those calves? And if something would go wrong, how amendable are they to get in and treat? You know, those are all factors. And as those factors for health and or ability to treat and watch as each one of those goes up, I tend to probably recommend people get more aggressive with their vaccine program. And the big deal to to realize is the age of that calf, let's say it's two months, and within that you could have calves that are two weeks old, three to four months old. Four months would probably be stretching it, but three months probably realistic. The older that calf is, the greater the percentage that respond. It's not if we go into this thinking, "Oh, I vaccinate them, that calf's protected. It's really a population percentage we're looking at. The greater the percentage of the population we protect, the less we are to end up with an outbreak or a problem on pasture.
0: Should we talk about scour vaccines?
1: Uh, Scour vaccines probably needed to be talked about Previously, (laughs) um, those would be so
0: we look for like looking in later. Be given now at latest, right? Okay,
1: you know I I want them again probably six to eight weeks prior to our calving date,
0: right? So if we were going to do a full year, then we would. If I was a producer, when would I start thinking about scouring vaccines? Maybe having them on hand. Fall. Let's start thinking
1: about fall, and again, it's a timing issue. All these vaccines work pretty well. These Mm -hmm. companies. Companies, they're approved, and a lot of the perceived failures of many of them are I'm going to change is probably more a function of timing than that vaccine doesn't work like this company's vaccine.
0: Right. If you'd given it at the right time, it would have a greater. Right, right. It to really work.
1: comes down to timing. Now, mm-hmm. every, every veterinarian out there, there could be a hundred of us in a room, mm-hmm. and we're all going to have different vaccines we like, we choose, we're comfortable with, we've used it, it's never failed us and hey, that's, or my area, and then you use the advice of your local veterinarian. I'm just here as a broad spectrum across our region, or anybody that's listening in our region, It's timing is probably more important than the brand or the the name of the vaccine that we use.
0: Right, and I'm I'm always of the mind, if I'm spending the money on... The vaccine, I want to make sure that I'm getting my money's worth. So I need to really plan to use it in a timely fashion to get the benefit.
1: Oh, exactly. Exactly.
0: And, you know, so when we're talking about producers, fall is also a busy time. So it's probably not bad to remind them to maybe have that on their radar before they're starting harvest and all the long days and all of the, the fun that can present as well. It seems like everything starts to happen at the same time. So what about pink eye? What should we be factoring in for that or when?
1: Pink eye is a kind of a crazy disease. It's detrimental. I mean, we're, we're talking weaning weights, losses up to maybe 40 pounds in major areas because it can ha- not only affect the calf but it can affect the cows, the bulls, Every everything thing when it it's a full-blown deal the vaccine is out is kind of a crapshoot and i say that because i hesitate to stand on my soapbox and recommend it because everybody's had different experiences with it one producer will say hey that pink eye vaccine works great i'm gonna i use it next person say i used it and i've had more pink eye than i've ever had so it's very frustrating from my standpoints to use. Are autogenous vaccines out there available from many local v- veterinarians? We've dabbled with some of that. It's tough for me to, to stand up and say that's what we're going to do. Because first of all, we're using the commercial products incorrectly. Meaning they are a killed vaccine. And so it's it's really incumbent that they, they get two doses. But if I'm working my calves, going to grass... April, May, June, whatever, when I'm going to tell you to get them in and give a second dose after you've turned them out on grass. Mm-hmm. So most of them go right. with just one dose. So it's tough to evaluate, mm-hmm. is what I'm saying. So I, I know I'm kind of just walking the line there, but I'm, I'm hesitant to recommend any pink eye vaccines. And again, every company has their pink eye vaccines. Mm-hmm. One's in combination with the seven-way other ones are solo, and it's a matter if you've had luck with it, have at it. If you are working with a veterinarian, has an autogenous for your area that you feel is effective, again, just realize we're not using them per label. So there's that. I think there stands a lot of uh, the frustration with maybe the pink eye itself.
0: So that's why we call it a practice?
1: Yeah, it's more of an art than a science, I <laughs> yeah. guess, the pink eye.
0: Are we missing any vaccines that we should talk about?
1: Maybe not vaccine, but implants. I mean, we're taking a young calves just for ease, say it's two months old, going to grass, and I have castrated it, so it's a steer. You have to realize you're giving up 20 pounds of weaning weight, and many of those implants now, probably the two most used going to grass would be Ralgro and then Cinevex C or probably the two. If I forgot one, I apologize. But those are the two probably big ones. And I'll tell you, they're worth twenty pounds at weaning weight when you right. give them to a calf. And you can't and they are labeled to give two replacement heifers. I do believe it's if those heifers are over a month old, if you still wanna select Heifers out of your herd. A lot of guys will just then, or producers, will not do the heifers and do the steers, which I can live with because I just look at the twenty pounds. And I'm, I mean, you got a hundred head. That's two thousand pounds of extra weaning weight right there. That's, I mean, that's four calves. Yeah,
0: that's for, Right for a dollar, exactly. Input. Well worth the cost. Yeah, yep. Your return on investment.
1: And I guess the other vaccine, the other act vaccine that I think of off the top of my head that we think about in the Dakotas, especially central and western part of the state, and some pockets around eastern part of the state, is anthrax vaccine to the adult, adult cows for 70 seventy cent dose vaccine. Anybody calls me and I ask where they live, I'm in South Dakota, I'm never not going to recommend it. Even though you haven't had uh, anthrax that you've heard of ever, I'm not going to not recommend it because we're in South Dakota. And if we get more producers in this side of the state now that are, well, summer their cattle on grass out west, anthrax needs to be definitely a part of that vaccine program because that will kill adult cows, bulls. It's scary. Yeah. Very
0: scary. So I think that you have illustrated a point by saying that there isn't one schedule that all producers are going to follow because their needs are different based on the region, based on what's going on, based on the characteristics of their own operation. And so how, as a veterinarian, do you and your staff, at Sioux Egg Center? How do you guys work with producers who are also at the same time juggling, maybe they're also raising hogs. Maybe they have all kinds of real crops that they're dealing with. So how do you work with them and set up the right schedules so that they are getting the best use of their vaccines? They are implanting at the right time. And we can even talk a little bit about some of the new rules for reimplantation. And how would you describe that relationship that you have with producers and how you help them with all their challenges?
1: Probably the biggest challenge would be with the row crop farmers and that that have cattle too. It's a, and I'm not trying to be mean or anything to row crop. It's just it's just a fact of life. I mean, it's seasonal. So it, my advice is let's we know when bean harvest starts. There's nothing wrong with going out and thinking of August 1. Let's think about getting those uh, pre-weaning vaccines in. And I can come up with a pre-weaning vaccination protocol, which the people that are doing everything, every shot in the spring, well, I tell you what, you can just darn near repeat that in the fall. Keep it simple. And again, the, the timing, if we can go get those in and say, August or before September 1 anyway, before you start thinking about bean harvest... Then the weather gets tough. Those calves are protected even if you can't, because we're getting closer to 100% herd protection because the calves are older. And especially if they've had that shot in the spring, your percentage is even going to go higher because even that quote, they didn't respond that we could measure in the spring. Right. Doesn't mean there wasn't a response. The the, the body remembers it. So our percentage protection population-wise goes up greatly. And if we end up into a, a strung out harvest season, and oh, I want to wean those calves, but I can't, I got all this going on. My gosh, you got those vaccines into them. You've bought yourself a lot of time health wise. Mm-hmm. Now we can talk about the weight loss difference, you know, because at a, at a point they will stall out and need to be weaned. But as far as a health standpoint, you know, we're in pretty good shape. Nothing's 100%, but.
0: Right, but I think you've done a really good job of helping us illustrate to control what you can control because things like Mother Nature, you can, we never can control that. It's always, it's always a gamble.
1: Those are all the stressors everybody knows about. Uh Hot, heat weather early snow cold rains i mean i hate to sit here and be the one well that's why your calves got sick is because of weather well yeah it's probably a factor but what again you, you said it right we can control what we can control and uh don't put off your herd health especially in the fall i mean let's get at it early late summer you start getting calves over four months of age we're going to get pretty close to, as close as we're going to get to 100% herd protection. And again, it, th- that's going to be regional. Every veterinarian or, or whatever, it's going to be regional how you work with that and what vaccines you choose to use. But the most common would be at least a seven-way, a five-way in combination with your Mannheimia Pastorella products, if you use both, you know, you can separate those out. But I, I found most people doing it on their own. The fewer syringes, the better, the easier it is. We're not pulling up the wrong vaccine in different syringes. And, yeah, I've done it all. I've done it. And Well, if it, I got a
0: vaccine, I'd rather get.
1: Yeah, yeah. If you, if you can start combining stuff, as long as the efficacy is there. Exactly. I'll grab that other syringe then. It's, again, down to what the veterinarian in your area is used to and has had luck with. But I'll tell you, as far as you follow the labels on them, they're all pretty darn good. I'm not saying I don't have my favorites, and it's probably more that I've I've used more than others and seen the results, you might say.
0: Is there anything else that you would want our listeners to know or anything else you'd like to leave us with
1: yes I, I didn't mention deworming there are products there's injectable dewormers that a lot of people are using going to grass wouldn't hesitate to to think about one of those we're getting more knowledgeable based on resistance type patterns to to some dewormers I think that really came in light I will mention you know the product long range by name I think that woke up a lot of producers and my colleagues and myself, resistance is real. And I'm not saying long range doesn't have a place in certain places, but, you know, there's others that don't last as long. Like you'll have, I can mention these, Dectamax, uh, cydectin, and there's uh, injectable ivermectins, you know. If your herds maybe haven't used those in the past or overused, those certainly can be given to calves going to grass. And hopefully 30 days of picking up new worms. Now that's on paper. If you've used the same product over and over, may not be as effective, but um, those are all things to think about. And again, we're, we're chasing that magic increase in pounds of weaning weight. And again, really with the dewormers, you really have to probably work with your veterinarian more than just... Some guy here talking on a podcast because every, every place is going to be really different when it comes to dewormers. I could probably go nationwide and we could talk vaccine programs and probably get pretty close to home regardless knowing the disease challenges. Deworming is a whole different ballgame and and uh, takes a different kind of a different thought process.
0: And luckily, we also have our field marketer staff who will help in with collecting fecal samples.
1: Yeah, there's uh, companies will pay for for sampling and stuff like that and then i think most of what we can probably on pasture is we want to decrease the worm load we're never going to get to zero because there's constant exposure and some years will be worse than others based on growth of grass raining and regrowth all that stuff if we can decrease the worm burden that puts pounds on and then we get into a feedlot situation we can jump to many dewormers that will give us Darn near 100% control.
0: Well, thank you, Dr. Mick, for being here. It's always good to plan ahead to ensure, you know, that we are practicing good herd management, whether it is vaccines, whether it is dewormer, all of those things. And I'd like to thank our listeners for tuning in. We'll catch you next time with more guests and topics related to the current ag climate.